If Fog Could Sing Stories by Charlie Price Spark by Charlie Price Read by Robert Price Peter A. seated himself on the curb outside Baker Street Station. Sherlock Holmes, iron and faceless, deer-stalker and pipe imaged in gleaming clay, stood behind him. Peter A. didn't look ahead. In front of him, towards the farce of moving black cabs and red buses, all somehow confined to their office of aimlessness among the horizontal they roamed, but he looked behind. In the same direction, the cast of the famous detective was looking, back at the tube hole. Jumbled Jubilee line folks and Bakerloo line folks poured from the snapping gates into the light. Trees, three pubs, Sherlock Holmes, Madame Two Swords. What can possibly be the attraction? thought Peter A. Peter A. sought and found and took and inserted into his mouth the penultimate cigarette. He had one fag left after this, but all the same the lightness of his fag packet depressed him. Lighting up, an idea came to him. With the click of puny flame that set the cigarette off on its journey towards a burnished extinction, an idea came into Peter A.'s mind and drew attention to itself. He resolved to try and burn the city down. So he began his endeavour, trying to set the ground on fire. He stabbed at the stone with the cigarette, tried to ignite the pavement with his lighter. But it was no use. He compromised and decided to set a newspaper on fire. He went up to the mouth of the tube hole and took a standard from the blue newspaper rack. There was a picture of Salman Rushdie and his wife from 2006. She was no longer his wife. Peter A. lit the newspaper with his lighter. Flame. Rushed and the pages blackened to dust beneath the frying tongues that seemed to relish their own red being, moment upon moment, and they rose. Rose. No one seemed to care or notice Peter A. setting fire to a newspaper. But when the fire was done with the newspaper, it had nowhere else to go. So it piped down, and met its gradual demise in a murky dark stain on the asphalt what to do. Something tightly packed within him came alive, with flame, its possibility, its peril. The compulsion swooned into contentment as he watched the flames, but then returned bigger, fatter, more obnoxious and bossy inside himself when the flames expired. He could set fire to everything. He could burn down entire structures, entire cities. He could set the earth on fire. Well, not the sea, of course. The blue leagues of ocean would remain, blue bandaging the earth's scarred oblivion. The people would all be dead, and he would be the cause of it. At no point did the implicit suicidal ideation really move Peter A. He had no desire to die, no desire to set himself on fire. No. The fire-starter is immune from the fires he starts. He is never the recipient of the intensities he feels that lead him to start a fire. 
One last cigarette. He lit it. And rather than inhaling, tried to burn, burn down whatever was nearest to which a fire might take. Mary B. came by. She too liked to start fires. She watched Peter A. trying to author some catastrophe of his own in the stones. She helped him out. She led him by the hand to the Prince Regent around one of the corners, the turning closest to the academy. They didn't order anything, they just sat. Mary B., amorously, quite seductively, withdrew from one of her inside pockets a box of matches, her little packet of addiction. She set fire to a beer mat. She dropped the beer mat on the carpet floor. When this city is ash, we can start a family. Two little boys, or girls, or a boy and a girl, and us, the only living things in the silent dead city, a city no longer, only ash, only us. The flames grew around her. Peter A. was a bit perturbed by all of this, the pub beginning to sizzle, the fountains of spitting flame, and every hot red hill growing, rising, and tongues growing from hills, and tongues growing tongues. The people didn't scream as the fire enveloped them, filled them, and killed them. They submitted to it, without complaint, as if to slumber. Let's die together. Peter said, as his hair began to char, wearing a glowing turban of fire on his head. The only thing I ever wanted was not to die alone. You are not alone, Mary replied. She gave him a burning kiss, and they died. The feeling was there, the burn of her loving and wonderful kiss. They melted together. In the burning ecstasy of love, oblivious, oblivion, and nothing but feeling. They melted away together in glorious love, and then their skin, as though they shared skin, as though they were one body, also melted. Until they were skeletons, the female of which was smiling evilly, an expired match between finger bone and thumb bone. And there was still a glint, an amorous, twinkling shard, something, anyway. There, in their fire black, eyeless eyes.